Hello and welcome to the Generation Gap show here with me, Clive, and with my guest this week is Anna. Hello, Anna. Hi, Clive. <laughs> right, so uh, oh, Happy New Year. It's the first one we've done this year, isn't it? Yeah, Happy New Year to you too. Right, it seems a bit bit late now to do that, but anyway. Um, okay, so <laughs> this time we're going to talk about writing letters, or not writing letters perhaps. perhaps. Um, and I think also I'd, I'd add postcards to that because um, I think it's really something which, you know, when I was little... I was had it drummed into me by my parents that basically when I got a present from auntie so-and-so for my birthday or Christmas or something else, uh, perhaps sometimes a, a present for no particular reason, then the first thing I should do is sit down and write a letter to her saying, thank you very much, auntie, for my present. And I have no idea whether you or other young people these days get taught the same sorts of things. I've tried to bang it into my children and they sort of do it, but they're, it's very reluctant. And I do remember, to be honest, I always thought it was a bit of a chore. So I, don't, I think probably that's still an attitude. So, I mean, do you do that? Mm, yeah, I have like a mixed way of doing things. So my mum has kind of encouraged my brother and I from a young age to always thank whoever's been, whoever's like given us anything. Um, and there's certain people who I write letters to. I'm not really sure why that is the case. I think it's just what I've always done. Um, there's a, like an extended family member who I write a thank you letter to. But I think that is because mainly because I don't have his um, contact details. So there isn't really the op- opportunity for me to like text him or email him. So writing the letter is really the option that I go for. Um, but I think with other people I tend to just send them a text or email them and thank them that way and I kind of hate to admit it but it is because it's more it's easier it's quicker it's more accessible um it's yeah it's it's kind of just the way that I've got used to doing things I think because I have my phone on me a lot whenever if I get a present I write it down in a, in a like checklist as to who so I write a checklist of who's given me um presents and then I'll just text it check check it off once I've texted the person and yeah that's that's the way I really do things I think that's because I've been brought up in like a modern age (laughs) very millennial sounding sort of way of dealing with things checklists and to-do lists and all those sorts of things Um, but obviously you have picked up that it's important to thank someone for doing something like giving you a present which is I think it's the important thing is thinking about it and obviously um saying thank you to them is still a very good thing to do and the sort of right and proper thing to do you accept that do you yeah I definitely agree I think if someone's put in the effort and thought of you to get a present and have delivered it to you or have sent it to you or have just been generous with their time and their money and their thoughts and I think it's just like on a basic level it's just polite to send them a thank you and I think even saying it in person is good but I think it's also good to follow up with like sending a text or sending an email because it shows that I think it shows your appreciation more and you because you've gone to more lengths to send them something here's an idea for you a real millennial one why don't you take a video of you opening up the present and send that to them yeah I could actually do that because then they'd see my reaction that would be cool especially in have to do really good acting and show oh wow I'm really delighted this is just what I wanted <laughs> exactly even if you don't like it you'd have to act pleased you'd be under that pressure because the camera would be on you so you yeah you would definitely have to um act as if you like it even if you don't but that's also another um thing what do you do if you don't 
like the present do you still thank somebody or do you say um do you have a receipt for this or like what do you do (laughs) I don't know how how do you feel about that how would you react oh yeah great another pair of socks just what I need yes um I think probably I'd go along with the thank you very much and then sort of just not say anything more about it and just accept it willingly I think so, yes, because as you say, someone has thought about you and thought, I must get something for him. And I know what he, he'll like these pink socks I've just got for him. And there you go. Uh, I don't think I've been given pink socks, but I've just been. (laughs) (laughs) We love a bit of pink socks. They'd be very um, bright and yeah, we'd like. (laughs) So, okay, that's it. And that's the same for Christmas for a birthday as well, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, so I would do. The, I'd have the same process for birthdays and Christmas. I'd make a list of when I open the present, like I'd write down who it's from, so I don't forget anyone, and then I'd send them a thank you um, letter or an email or a text. Right. So also um, at Christmas, do you write Christmas cards? I actually don't send Christmas cards because my mum. I actually rely on my mum to do that. She sends them from the whole family. And she has a, an, a, I think she has an address book that she uses to send Christmas cards to people that she wants to. Um, but I, I actually don't give them to my friends and my friends don't really give them to me either. I have one friend who actually tends to give me Christmas cards and she's very arty. So she um, usually makes them, herse- makes them herself and then delivers them. But um, I te- we, my friends and I tend to do Secret Santa instead of doing a Christmas card or buying each other a present each. Um, that's kind of the way that we work, but I'm not sure if all young people are the same. I don't. I don't yeah. No, I, every year I I sort of sigh and think, oh gosh, I've got to send all these Christmas cards again. And my wife and I sort of share out, obviously, who we send them to. But obviously, we've got an extended family in terms of um, we've got cousins and and uncles and aunts, and most most of my cousins are now sort of grown up and got children as well. So suddenly, there's an extra two or three people everywhere. Um, and so just got to remember everybody's names and put them all in the, the cards. But I think the family ones, I tend to think it is the right thing to do and obviously we sometimes put in a little note about what's going on with people we haven't perhaps spoken to or seen in the year for example some of my relatives live in other countries around the world so we're not going to see them anyway um, and so you know it's just time to sort of do, do a little catch-up but I've resisted the sort of temptation some people send me a Christmas card and then you open it up and there's a four-page letter in there saying everything they've done recently and um, so one friend of ours one one year did send us this sort of completely stupid one a made up one about how you know their daughter had won the gold medal in the olympics and um, all the other sort of fantastic things the children had done and that was really quite funny and it was obviously taking a real sort of um spoof sort of thing and it, it was quite funny because some people just send these things say oh yes and so and so did this and we did that and here's some photos of us on the beach and in august and all that sort of stuff and it it's kind of nice, but at the same time, it seems just a little bit, mm, I don't know, it's, it doesn't seem quite something you really want to know all that detail, do you? Yeah, I actually, people don't really send those type of um, cards to us, but yeah, it is, it, I th- when you mentioned about um, how like sometimes people send photos of them on the beach, that reminds me of, um, we have cousins in California and they tend to send us photos um, of them, like on the beach or as a family. And it's a very Americanized way of doing things. And like sending a photo with people on, it's 
it's quite interesting how I don't think in British culture we really do that very much. It's more we get a nice pretty card and we'll write something in it, but we don't really tend to send a photo of the family. But um, I suppose it is a nice thing to do to if you haven't seen somebody throughout the year or you don't really know what's going on with them. It is a good, as you said, it is a good opportunity to catch up and to kind of share what you've been up to and to it's yeah, it's a great opportunity for that. Um, but yeah, you, maybe you don't want to be knowing like all of the achievements or um, every like in all the ins and outs of what they've been up to. That's it's a funny idea to um, do a bit of a spoof on it, as you said, um, because yeah, I suppose if some people do that, it's it's, it's a bit self focused in a way. Well, it's always the ones who've had fantastic achievements that you know they've got the first or deg- first degree in university and they've in the swimming team or they rode in the Oxford Cambridge race. This kind of stuff. Actually, I genuinely know people who've done that. <laughs> um, so um, it's that sort of thing. And I, I thought what you were going to say was perhaps you know who needs to um, send letters like that when we've got Instagram because that's exactly what it's for your picture of your feet on the deck chair looking out over the sea in some exotic place a picture of the mountain you climbed and all the rest of it isn't it yeah I suppose with Instagram and social media and Snapchat and Facebook which is I'd say used more by um like older people than myself but um (laughs) older people (laughs) um yeah I would I, I don't I have a Facebook account but I don't actually use it um really it's only for I only got it for a purpose which is for like this drama group that I was in um but anyway but yeah I think using you I think there's amongst young people there's not really the need to update them on what you've been doing because everyone kind of knows on social media because if you are on someone's like private snapchat story or if you were on if you follow them on Instagram and they post regularly, you kind of see all the good parts of their life anyway. And you see all that. So why do you need to put it into a letter? <laughs> well, I think um, what I'm trying, what I'm trying yeah. to get at is obviously there are different ways of doing things now. The other thing I was going to mention was obviously um, on going on holidays every year, you know, the typical summer holiday when I was little and probably a bit older as well. Um, you tended to send... Um, postcards from that place and always again it was to the same sort of your granny perhaps uncle and aunt and a few, few other relatives and maybe one or two friends look here I am at South End or whatever it is you were you're at and um, that was a very normal thing to do and obviously I, I know seaside resorts still have postcards for all the old people who still do that but I can't imagine many young people write a postcard anymore um, and perhaps you wouldn't even like the ones which they used to do with all the sort of jokey ones, which were a bit sort of, um, how shall I say, a bit naughty postcards. I'm well. When you said that, what came to, what came to my mind was like the funny kind of birthday cards you can get the the black and white photos. Is that what you mean? It's something like that. The, the seaside ones tended to be, I suppose, the nearest. Uh, description if you understand this would be like in carry-on films just sort of um silly sort of jokes and things and um it was really uh, i can't quite describe it. saucy i think was what they thought at the time but they're sort of just cartoon cartoons sort of pictures and just a bit a bit sort of um a bit naughty or suggestive yes perhaps i should say that yeah that's a good way of describing it um i can um i, I also mean can kind of a ma- i've never <laughs> seen- yeah i think i know what you mean um but i don't personally send postcards but you've I 
I um when I I sent it once when I, I sent one once when I was on a school trip um in the Isle of Wight in year six and I remember sending a postcard back home and that, it's kind of a rite of passage um and it was it's quite it's a nice thing to do because you share with your family like what you've been up to and also because it's quite a small space you only really write the nice things and the important things which I think is quite a good thing it encourages you not to waffle or anything um but it's quite exciting knowing that you're sending that postcard and your family are going to get it in a few days time and they can put it on the pin board I think it's a really nice thing to do and they get a photo and it's probably still there isn't it I am yeah probably probably still on our family pin board downstairs (laughs) um yeah I I would like to bring back people writing postcards I think it's a really nice thing to do and then that person gets the person you send it to gets a photo of the place where you are and it kind of gets them to think a bit more globally I suppose um well I mean also of course in many cases I mean if you're doing things like the school trip say to the island white which everybody does in Hertfordshire um they, they'll probably think oh yes I know the Isle of Wight I used to go there or I've been there when I was little even you know that sort of thing I think yeah and it brings back memories for them absolutely yeah okay um right let's just change to something else now which is also about writing and when I say writing in this sense I'm actually meaning literally you know writing handwriting because I think that's gone out of fashion and frankly I hardly ever do it I just type everything out on a computer like you probably do and everybody else does um, but the other thing which is quite common for young people is to have what I would call a diary but I see a lot of people these days call a journal which I think is the American equivalent word for it um, basically something that's got you know dates in it and you write in it on Monday the 23rd I went to so and so and or I went and met my friend so and so that kind of thing um, and I, I wonder I mean I think girls tend to do this more often than boys in when they sort of teenagers you write one of these um, so I could ask you and you can tell me if you want whether you've got such a diary or journal or something you do write you don't have to read it out to me it's all right <laughs> <laughs> um I yeah I do have a journal well a diary a journal um yeah I do have one actually and I also have something called a bullet journal have you heard of one no enlighten me so I will so I don't do it very often but I my one of my new year's resolutions is to actually do it more often but two of my friends um are very avid bullet journalists so you have a journal and you can kind of, the way in which you decide to write in that journal or use it is kind of up to you. But there also is a bullet journal like guide. Um, so you can, some of my friends use their bullet journal for like tracking their mood, tracking their sleep, tracking their f- what food they've eaten or doing like a week. Uh, you can do things called like monthly spreads or weekly spreads. So a weekly spread, you'd kind of write in what you've got planned for the week or you'd reflect on the week and write what you've done. Or, and you could do the same for a month to see what's coming up. You could have like a birthday page where you record everyone's birthday in there. Um, you could just have a daily like diary entry section. You have an exercise log. It's kind of a place where you can track your track things that you're doing. You can write in your goals. Um, you can work out the action plan to get to those goals you can also you can use it in whichever way you want but I think journaling and diaries is actually quite popular amongst my age group especially because 
you can on Instagram there's a lot there's accounts that you can follow which like organization accounts or journal accounts or bullet journal accounts or there's Pinterest where you can get lots of ideas for like what to put in your bullet journal or what to write in your diary or like what type of things to do not really what to write but what to do um but I personally find a journal is really helpful for like reflecting on the day um reflect also reflecting on the positives I know some people who like write three positives every day or three things they're grateful for um and it's it's a good way to kind of get your mindset ready for the day or to reflect on what you've done and explore your emotions I find that journals are good for write kind of exploring how you're feeling because I find when you write something down you actually start to realize a bit more what you are feeling like and um it kind of gets your thoughts out onto paper right so is this something you are doing with handwriting in, in a on a piece of paper in, in a journal or is it an electronic yeah. one it is a, a written one yeah yeah a written one so I've got a written journal but I also have and the bullet journal is also written and the bullet journal has squared so every page is sorry every page is dotted so it's the um there's dots going horizontally straight across the page and vertically straight down the page and it kind of makes everything is a lot a lot neater but you can also read um you can also use it in a specific way which is um like yeah you can use it in a specific way there's a bullet journal like guide which you could follow which is for organization I I don't actually use that I use it just kind of in the way that I want to but um yeah I think journaling and diet and is actually quite popular amongst my generation well I certainly heard this and what I also I read somewhere that um obviously over the sort of previous few months the lockdown a lot of people have really got into this sort of thing more and so they were keeping sort of diaries and journals of things going on and their thoughts and so on as they go through and obviously they've got probably more time to do this and more more thinking time to to do such stuff so I wonder if that's going to sort of come back in some ways if it's gone away I mean obviously there are sort of phone apps where you can do all these things as well aren't there and uh it's obviously replicating the sort of thing you do on paper I mean obviously I keep a uh, an overall um calendar on online but that's very much a sort of practical thing it's you know phone somebody at this time or speak to someone or meet somebody when we can meet people <laughs> um everything says meet yeah. where zoom <laughs> um, yeah I mean, you don't even um, need to put question mark there at the moment exactly and um but that's obviously as a you know teenager myself i had a diary which was a paper diary and all I really wrote in that was, you know, the, the day I'd, I'd gone somewhere, I'd met somebody, I'd done something particular um, and a few boring things like a, a date when I had to do something by and that sort of thing. So I never had, we don't do the emotions, I think, probably us boys and men. So um, it's not the sort of long thing about how you feel or how you feel about somebody else or whatever at the time. Um, but what I wanted to raise with you was another thing. Um, if I said filofax to you, does it mean anything? Oh, um, it does. Well, I. So, yeah, I was thinking you. I'm just obviously I can't see you, but I'm thinking you're going. Ooh, what's he talking about? <laughs> I've heard of a filofax, but I don't really know what you use it for. 
Right, okay. I've got one in front of me, actually, um, <clears throat> which is an old one I had for years. But basically, back in about, I suppose, the 1980s, everybody got really sort of business-orientated and everyone wanted to sort of do to-do lists and you know put dates in their diary and fill their days up with meetings and discussions. And so they looked really organised. And so um, there was a thing which had existed for some years called a file of facts, which is basically a paper organiser. But the clever thing about it is it's got a sort of leather cover and it's about the size of a paperback yes. book. And then when you open it up, it's got a, a ring bounder, th- ring binder thing, which has got actually six Oh, my mum has one of these. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. And so then it, it, the thing was, every year you can go and buy a new diary for that year and put it in the, the diary, into the file of facts. And you have obviously things like address um, cards. You have things like notes. You have things like uh, planners and all sorts of stuff. And... Um, I know certainly if you're still going somewhere like WH Smith's, you'll find all these things. There's loads of different types of pages you can get. So you make up your own kind of book of all the things that you want to do. It's very similar to what you said about your journaling thing. Um, and obviously these apparently have been coming back over the last few months. People have sort of rediscovered them and thought, oh, that's quite useful. And it saves me sitting down in front of the computer all day, of course, because I can keep it in this sort of paper version. Um, it's obviously was largely put out put out of business by computers and particularly the initial sort of um, handheld devices we had back about 15 years ago, which were, were not quite as clever as the phones we've got these days. But obviously, once we started having smartphones, all this stuff goes out the window because there's nothing you can't do on a smartphone, is there? Yeah, I think you can, as you kind of said before, you can use it. You can have an app which can help you with the organisation or you can use your like Google Calendar or you can use your notes page to record your notes and thoughts in. You can just replace um, handwriting with handwriting, things that you would handwrite with your phone. But I think it's quite nice to have like a diary that you can carry around with you and write in. And it's, I actually prefer using a physical copy of a diary than I would my phone. Because in, in the sort of 1990s, people wanted to show that they were really sort of business-like and efficient and organised. And they would carry this file of facts around in their hand. You know, when they were walking somewhere, they, they kept it out so everyone could see they had one. And they were carrying it. So it became oh, a sort really? of fashion, So it was kind of a trend. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, that's replaced now by having a phone in your hand all the time, which a lot of people still do. And I think they, they probably feel very odd without the phone in their hand. Yeah, I know. It's it's something that we carry around with us, like, all the time. And um, we use, const- well, not constantly, but for a lot of, yeah, for a lot of the day. I think people would probably argue that using a phone and having everything on there is just a bit easier because you have everything in one place. You're not going to lose anything. Um, it, it's probably quicker to type things out maybe than to handwrite. Um, well, there's always the other argument. You go backwards and say, well, of course, the phone, you know, the battery runs out just when you don't want it to. You might drop it in something. A number of people I know have dropped a phone in the loo is just unbelievable. <laughs> I don't, don't quite know yeah. how that happens, but I won't ask. You know, you, you are relying on the batteries and all the rest of it to keep this, whereas on a paper one, you've written it down, it is there. Now, okay, again, you could drop it down into the water or you could lose it somehow, but it's more sort of permanent in some way, I think, than or it feels more more sort of, permanent than perhaps having everything on your phone i do both i'm boring <laughs> yeah i um i think a calendar i think your phone is quite useful for a calendar as you said because it's all set up for you like it's all in one place it's kind of all on one screen and you can 
it's easier to see an overview of a month or of a year but um I think yeah I think it's just what works best for you but I think it is that I think going back to kind of how a file facts was fashionable and trendy I think being organized and being efficient and having like pretty notes or having organized notes is definitely kind of something that is still probably quite fashionable and people want to be um um, want to look like they're organized and they're on top of their game and they have this like kind of organizational system that works for them um because I think we're trying to be more and more efficient so I think organizations become more important well of course the file facts you were carrying around also had to have things like yellow post-its in it and bookmarks of different colors and all sort of things everywhere and, and so you, you could find things and they organized it in different ways and it just looked like you're really sort of working it very hard and uh, i think that's all part of the image that people sort of wanted to do it went along with all the very stylish sort of business suits and biz- for women as much as men um, and all the rest of it as a sort of just an image thing that i'm a really organized super excellent business person the kind of people you see on the apprentice every year you know think they're super organized business people okay yeah if you know what i mean yeah yeah i know what you mean um people who yeah who kind of have it all put together they've yeah they're smart business like organ yeah organized i i can see what you mean um but i think as well there's a tendency to over plan like i can definitely like with schoolwork i think it's quite tempting to like write out your to-do list make it look nice when the best better thing to do is just kind of get on and do the work and i could definitely fall into the trap of like over planning or spending my time planning when i should just be doing I don't know if you've ever found that. Very much so. I mean, I actually um, studied and uh, was qualified in some way as a project manager, you know, big, for quite big projects. Um, and so I, I do tend to find everything I do, I still think of in terms of a project. So I kind of write down all the things that you need to do to get to stage one, and then you do stage two, and you've got all these things to do. And obviously, I don't do it for everything. But I, I feel I always think like that, you know, how long will it take to do this bit? That's two days. So I'll give that two days that moves it on. So it won't be ready till the 23rd. And then blah, 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 and all this kind of thing. And it's quite a helpful way of doing things. But it can be a bit silly, because you end up doing that for Making a, make a recipe, you know, oh, I've got to cook a cake. So I need to get all the ingredients together, list all the ingredients, go in the cupboard, find all the ones I've got, make a list of the ones I haven't got. So I've got to get buy them in the shop, get that. I mean, it's, you sort of build up a, a great big sort of task out of something, as you say, is really quite simple if you just got on with it. Yeah, but I think there's a line, isn't there? Because micro planning is quite good if you, if break, like we're told at school, kind of break things down, be specific with your planning. I think it is important to make sure you know exactly how you're going to do something and then to follow the steps. It's, it's probably means that you'll reach the outcome more quickly or in a more efficient way because you've broken it down and you know every step, what steps to take to get to the end goal. Um, but yeah, some I think it's some things need a lot of planning and some things don't. Like with with school homework, it's kind of like don't spend. I kind of try and say to myself, don't spend ages planning this. Um, when you know what you need to do, you just need to do it. Like don't add it to your to do list. Don't add it to your to do list, and then don't then write it down the night before and plan what you're going to do. Just do it because otherwise it can waste a lot of time. And I think it's part of procrastination. 
It is, yeah. Yeah, you, you basically you're avoiding doing it because you don't really want to, but so you find another thing, another reason not to quite start doing it now. Exactly, that's it. Yeah, and I'm def I fall into that trap so much. Um, yeah, it's mm. so more less less kind of procrastinating, more doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, I mean, in those days as well, everybody had things like big wall charts on their offices and, uh, you know, things with sort of different sticky, uh, stick stick on post-it type notes on the wall and the rest of it. And it's sort of, that's a way of um, trying to explain something in a big visual image. I think one of the things that is actually useful and you can do with computers is to sort of produce visualizations of things in a, in a way which you, you can't necessarily do so easily um, on paper. So there are sort of pros and cons of how to do different things, but I think some of the old fashioned ways are probably quite good. And I'm glad to hear that you're actually um, using some of these things still, or you know what they are, because I would slightly worry all these things would disappear completely and no one would do it. And I'm slightly worried about electronic systems in one sense that, for example, I've got a box somewhere around with all my old diaries in it. They're not very interesting, but when, for example, I got some old photos, I say, oh, that's me. And that was, where was that place? And, you know, what year was that? And I can look it up and probably say, oh, yes, that's the, that's the time I was in this place. So I can sort of do the photo. And that's obviously, you know, just off the top of my head something that sometimes comes up and so i have sort of ways of going back but i worry that electronic stuff you know you might keep it for a couple of years and you throw it away or you change your computer and don't really bring it forward and all this stuff's actually going to get lost completely so if you've written it down in a book somewhere you keep that you're going to keep that much longer than having the the disc or something you may have kept it on yeah, and I think maybe when you write things down or you have a diary, like you're more likely to keep, it kind of seems more valuable when it's in person than it does on a computer. And it makes you want to keep it a bit more because it feels like more of a personal thing that you've used kind of every day rather than a computer, which kind of doesn't feel as um, personal. So when you write it in your diary and keep it in the drawer in your bedroom, it means Google and Facebook don't know about it, probably. <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. It's, I suppose it's for more personal things when you write in a diary. Um, and yeah, but I do agree with how computers can, there are definitely pros and cons because computers, like you can use Google, for example, you can use Google Photos to like keep your photos all in one place and they will upload to Google Photos if you connect your email to it. Um, so those things are good because even if you switch computers, you still have those photos Whereas sometimes things can get lost, like in the house or I think nowadays we don't really print off photos as much unless if they're going to be stuck up on a wall. I don't think people really make photo albums or don't keep them as much because I know that we have some photos albums in the house, which are photos from like years ago. Um, But I think you can also create that effect on a computer. But I think it's also nice to have in-person copies of things because it's more social. Like if you want to look at through photos, you can get them down like out of the loft or wherever you keep them and you can get them out and look at them. And it's more kind of, it feels like you're going back through the archives more than just kind of on a computer looking at a screen. It, it kind of brings you back more to the time that they were taken, I think. Flipping them over on your iPad, that's the way you used to get them. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think you're right. And um, the only problem, of course, is the numbers. I mean, my Google account, I've pretty much filled up with photos because I've got them going back a lot of lots of years. So um, there's always that problem. And then I, I make an extra copy of everything. You have to keep two or three copies of everything. And then 
that it fills up and you have to sort of open a new account or something. So it's actually more complicated than the days when you put them all into a, a photo album and just put it on the shelf or something. Although I suppose you would have run out then. I Well, the thing is that people didn't take so many photos. In the days when you had film, it was quite expensive. I mean, my father took lots of photos because he was very keen on it. But lots was he would go and on holiday, he'd have two reels of film. So that was like 24 pictures each. So maybe he'd take... 30 or 40 pictures on the whole holiday now these days you know we all go and click 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 you take 30 pictures in an hour <laughs> um so it's, it's a very different way of dealing with things i think you could argue then that maybe the quality and the content of the photos that people used to take were probably more like maybe better than the quality of the photos we take now because we just take photos of anything and yeah there's less kind of is exactly because it isn't you don't have to it doesn't cost you anything to take a photo on your phone except from obviously buying the phone but it doesn't cost you anything to take that photo or to um put it up onto like google drive so you're just encouraged to take more more and more um than maybe you would have been if it was yeah film camera or disposable camera but i find that people my age are quite into disposable cameras because i find that having to having like a limited amount of photos makes you choose your photos more wisely and what you're going to take is you yeah you choose it more wisely so I think there is still an element of like the past and what and how people take photos now but don't you get really impatient waiting to find out what the picture looks like because you can't just instantly look at it you have to wait for it to be sent off that's what I like about that like about it that's one of the elements I like about it how you kind of forget what photos you have taken or you forget you yeah you don't really remember what you've yeah what you've taken or um it's yeah you get to the end of the reel and then it's exciting to get them developed because it reminds you of kind of moments and the photos that you've taken and it brings you back to that time um but yeah it's still it, fine it you've got the picture of your thumb i know i've had that a lot yeah exactly um yeah. i mean i, I know I know a number of people, young ones, young people who have got old cameras or, or even bought them in sort of secondhand shops to try out doing phot photographic uh, or, or photography, but with with actual film. And I'm 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 really sort of pleased people are still doing that sort of stuff because the the sort of um, images you get are different in some way. I can't explain why. In terms of the number of pixels and the quality of the picture, they're not different. But it does sort of feel different sometimes when you're taking those photos. And particularly if you go and take them in black and white because it makes it look really old, doesn't it? You go somewhere like Paris and take pictures in black and white. Yeah. Okay. So I, I suppose what we've got to is that we're talking about start about writing letters with handwriting we're talking about keeping a diary and journals with handwriting we're talking now about keeping old-fashioned photos and, and books of photos so to some extent um what you're saying is that you you are obviously aware of these sort of old-fashioned ways of doing things and even though you've got the modern ones you you find an attraction in doing some of the things the old-fashioned way and i think that's really rather nice because you're sort of preserving things um, and the way things are done, and you know whether you pass that on to the next generation or so, so on yourself, be interesting. Maybe it'll come around completely. I mean, you'll be buying cassettes next and things like that because I know they're coming back. Yeah, because I think things from the past and retro items are definitely trendy and popular. And I know some people who like buy records or like use a film camera 
Um, I think people like that. They like using things that people in the past have used or their parents have used. And it, it just, it kind of takes you away from technology and you learn, It's you kind of learn about something new. It gives you something to do. And it's quite, yeah, it's really quite exciting and cool to use something that you know people in the was really popular in the past but now is more of a novelty item yeah yeah it's interesting i think um it is good but of course it's also with like photography you you have to learn quite a lot of ways of how to adjust all the lenses and things take the photos really well whereas these days on your camera it's it's got it's got some ai system or robot sitting inside it which makes all the decisions for you yeah, that's yes. true. It's more it's more of a practical kind of hands-on approach when you have your own camera and you actually have to learn about the skill of taking photographs and the skill of photography. Whereas when you have a phone, yeah, you just press a button and the magic is done for you. It's kind of as easy as that. But I think it's more, I think having, if you have a camera, you're more likely to kind of make it into a hobby and to go out like with your friends, take photos rather than just it just seems like a bit more of an event if you have a camera rather than have a phone because a phone rather than having a phone because a phone's such a normal thing just to use for taking photos it doesn't really feel like special or like different in any way yeah okay um you don't go quite so far back to the ones with the tripod and the sort of flash thing that was it magnesium powder that you flash and you go and put your oh, I know head what you up, mean. put the hood over your ha- um, head to take the photo um that's yeah. of, a bit too far back yeah <laughs> yeah no I, d- okay. I don't even know if you can get them now well, I'm sure you can find them in an antique shop somewhere, probably um, if you wanted to. But I don't know how you'd actually do the film because it's um, you have to go, you have to have your own dark room and all the chemicals in trays and things to do it all yourself, which was also part of the fun in those days. You could do your own developing. Oh yeah, um, I didn't even think about that. That would have been see that is when photography becomes so much more of a hobby hobby that people like to choose to pursue rather than just like using your camera on an everyday basis. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think if I had a chance to develop my own photographs, I would definitely do that. I think, like, then you're more then you're more part of the process of the photography rather than, as you said, like AI in your phone doing everything for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I suppose we've had a, a interesting thing. I suppose really what we're saying is that obviously you you are aware of uh, how things have been done in the past because it's all changed in a very short period of time. Really, you know, the, the changes from. Um, the last 30 years this sort of stuff all the technology has taken over completely um, and you've obviously grown up with it but at the same time you realize that there's been other things before it and so you're interested in that because you've got evidence of it having old photo albums around and so on presumably your baby pictures and things like that on a, a photo album we use picasso as well which i don't think is really used very much now but um, a lot of our photos are on there well, that was that was, I think, the origin of the Google Photos. Yes. Um, okay. Is that still going? Goodness, I didn't see. I think that's really antique now. <laughs> You'll make me look it up now. I think I'll, I'll just see what happens to it. Um, okay. Well, look, yeah. it's been a really interesting, interesting chat here with um, you today. Thank you, Anna. And um, I think we've got to an end point, which is quite interesting. It's sort of really that um, there's a nostalgia element of things, even for you young people, you know, going out into the world, you're, you're actually sort of nostalgic for things and you, you want to understand how they worked in the past. And I think that's a, a really good lesson to learn, actually, that um, 
it's um, something which not everything in the past was really useless and old-fashioned and the rest of it and uh, you can find that you can learn things from those uh, ways of doing things when when there's a sort of end of the world type thing and there's no batteries left to run all your computers and things you can write it on paper yeah, it, we might it might have it might take a big event like that or a big crisis for people to t- step away from their screens. It could be, yeah. Anyway, right. Well, thank you very much for this, and thanks for this uh, chat. And um, this has been the Generation Gap Show here for Radio Verulam with me, Clive, and with Anna this time. Um, so you can find the podcast on radioverulam dot com. Thank you very much for listening, and um, right, goodbye, goodbye, Anna. Goodbye. <laughs>